0: This is OSINT Cocktail.
1: Hi, I'm Kirby Plessis. I have 20 years experience in intelligence analysis and OSINT, and I'm the founder of Plessis.net. You can find me online on Twitter as Kerbster.
0: And I'm Cynthia Navarro, and I've been a private investigator since 1979 and went into using OSINT for my investigations in 1997. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Finnegan's way. Hello, welcome. Today we have Amber Schroeder with Paraben and we are so excited to have her. Amber, why don't you start out by just giving a little bit about your background and your company.
2: So I'm on the other side of the fence, as far as I'm on the verification side, I do a lot of investigations in digital forensics. So Paraben is a digital forensic technology company, and we do things like smartphones, computers, email, internet, all the things in between, even up to IoT and gaming. But part of that is obviously we touch a lot of data that is pulled in the OSINT world. And we find out where it came from or other sources for it or how we can get... Uh, recoverable data from that, so it's kind of a different perspective. But I think we're like best friends with the OSNERS.
1: <laughs> yes,
2: I happen to know you both too, so that helps. But it's one of those <laughs> that um, I think that's kind of where the relationship happens between the digital forensic side and those inside.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. How long have you been doing it?
2: Thirty years. This is a, just a, a while. Years, just a couple. A couple a couple, a couple decades, you know, no big deal. Um, and this is where people say, you know, to our videos and they don't see us live. They're like, Oh, they all look so young. That's exactly what everyone should say.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, They should say,
2: absolutely.
0: <laughs> so Amber, when you're saying how you take the, uh, let's go with a smartphone and you're downloading that pulling information, what do you do with the information that you're going to pull off of there as far as, uh, Reverifying verifying or going and looking for different um, maybe profiles in social media or taxes. Uh, well, probably not Texas. Let's go with social media profiles. Social
2: media, I think social media is a perfect example. So one of the things that's unique is that um, your smartphone obviously contains all of your information, but it contains all the other information. That you might have logged in on someone else's device, so on and so forth. You leave those little spare keys to your social media behind everywhere you go. When someone might be trying to hide their identity or use multiple identities, identities so we have our Instagram and then we have our Instagram. You know, those are all going to come up in those keys, and it's almost like you've found someone's extra keychain in their purse, and you're like, okay, I'm going to go see what kind of doors these are going to unlock. That's part of what we can do on the digital forensics side is we have the ability to take all of those and say, oh, by the way, there's five other keys that belong over to Facebook. So there were actually six people logging into Facebook off of this phone, not just one, because you obviously would just assume it's just the one. And usually there's quite a few more mm-hmm. um, And the same. And you go through all of that. And that's one of those unique data points that you can only get when you take that forensics per- perspective on it. Um, And it lets you go to that one step further than what you might get from the public side of it by just taking a little extra step with some keys.
0: Now, do you get remnants from deleted if, if they've deleted their profile and they deleted the app off of their phone? Do you have any remnants that you're able to collect?
2: A lot of times you will, you'll get recoverable data from almost all of the different sources. One of the nice things is when um, you start looking at phones in particular, they're really just a database. So let's say all of a sudden we don't wanna talk to Bob anymore. He was rude. He didn't think we looked young enough, whatever. So we're taking Bob out of our address book or out of our friend list. It's still recording that information. It's just changing that database filter to say, okay, Bob's a friend, now he's not a friend. So I've unfriended him. But that data is still kept within the app and kept within the device. So we get to recover that as part of the forensic process. So a lot of ways, I think you get a more rich perspective on the data because you get not only what they're active in doing, but what they change their mind about. And I think people change their mind about a lot of things that they're probably doing nefarious activities with. And they're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't roll this way. Maybe I should go this other way. And so we're able to pull all of that kind of information off of their digital sources that you mm-hmm. might not find somewhere else.
0: Sure. And that would include like photos as well, because I know we do photos. Like yeah, absolutely. And so you get your photos off of there. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's helpful because I've gone on both sides. For, you have. Yeah. 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 So it it, it definitely uh, forensics. I think forensic and innocence should work together much more than what they actually do.
2: We're not as nerdy, scary, I think, as people think they are that we are. <laughs>
1: This is true. But also <laughs> it's just like thinking about it. just in the, in the holistic investigation, there's a lot of parts that you need. None of the parts work by themselves. Well, I mean, some of them case by case might work just on one aspect OSINT or just on forensics, but they work best when you work them together.
2: Yeah. yeah. I've definitely learned, um, by being part of the OSINT community and, and, going to osmosis as many years as I have, I've learned a new perspective on how I should look at my investigation that says, Hey, maybe there is that one more piece of data out there that I could be missing. If I just, you know, use a different engine, find a different method to capture it than what are my traditional methods. Mm -hmm. And it's gone so much better for me because I don't feel like you always, as an investigator, I think, feel like you might be missing something. There's always that little bit of doubt that you go, Oh, I'm close, but do I have it all? Yeah. And it's made it so I feel like I definitely have all of it. Like, I'm like, there's no way I'm missing something at this point. I feel more confident in my investigation because I've taken both perspectives on it.
0: And it, it does make a, a huge difference.
1: Forensics, you're going to use a lot more tools <laughs> than. I'm all about tools. I know. I was going to say, <laughs> you create your own tools. so. This podcast is all about the tools. What tools can we share with each other? So one thing I want to ask you first is, let's talk about your tools.
2: So when we talk about my tools, obviously I have, I have one platform that goes through and does all the different types of data. So I've learned as I've been in an industry longer and longer that I have a hard time switching back and forth between too many pieces of tools (laughs) because I can't remember how to run them all when you start getting into data deep dives. So I liked having them all together. So I'll pull in computer information, I'll pull in smartphone information, and then I might add in information I get from their social media, but then I can look at it all comprehensively. And that was kind of my objective, trying for that 360 approach to someone's investigation instead of just, you know, half. Um, So ours is called the E3 platform, Um, it's electronic evidence examiner. And yeah, we do anything from capturing from phones, IoT, um, social media to computers to gaming systems. That's a new area that has really risen high on my priority list um, after COVID's happened, because a lot of people that's their escape and they spend a long time in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. So you can actually go uh, from their phone and getting information, and then go up to the cloud and download mm-hmm. some information on them as well, correct?
2: Yep. And then you can also pull in information. Again, a technology platform, and I think this is the best part about tools, is they're really just designed to make our lives easier. They're Mm -hmm. never going to replace us as the investigator in the chair. We need to be able to make sense of it. But um, uh, one of my favorite data sources that is, I think, being neglected a little bit is if I'm working consent with someone, then I immediately have them pull all their compliance archives The world of privacy has ended up giving us a ton of more data. And it's fantastic if you're doing an investigation because you get more than you'll even get in a subpoena request. And -hmm. just by asking for a compliance archive instead, changing the type of data you're requesting. Mm -hmm. And then you can put it in a platform and review it. We we accept those all in E3, of course, because, again, I think it's a huge piece of data that's getting neglected.
1: Can you describe what the
2: compliance data would be? So I, I was actually just pulling this on some of my other accounts this morning. <laughs> um, a compliance data. So if I were going into Facebook, I have an ability to request all of my information in Facebook or a limited scope of my information in Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. That's one of my favorite because it does not have data. It leaves in other places, but it does leave it in the compliance archive. So it's that neglected data source that um, you can go through and I can find out if we're snapping pictures back and forth with one another, or if we've chatted with one another, that information is going to be there and you're not going to see it anywhere else. Um, and it's because they're required now by law because of GDPR. And um, Cynthia, you probably know what it is in California. I can't remember this acronym, the California Privacy... Is it, is this? It's like California Privacy Protection Act or something Protection, like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 But both of those, because the companies, any company based in the United States has to, and they do business globally, they have to be compliant with that. So one of the reasons TikTok isn't is because TikTok hasn't been purchased in 100% by someone in the U.S. So their data doesn't have to be compliant. But all the others, every other social media, Instagram, they all have it and you should be requesting it. When I requested, even uh, Google will do it with your Google takeout. That's the representation of everything since I started Gmail. And if you think about that that's a lot of Gmail yeah why wouldn't you want it and yeah. everything else with Google I mean it's oh like yeah everything data. it's all that stuff yeah yeah I'm pretty but sure there's some is- screenshot from a satellite that that's the top of my head who knows yeah <laughs> they're out uh, there How long are they keeping that
0: compliance data though
2: It's from the t- time you started your account until mm-hmm. the day you request it
0: okay so if you haven't requested it, and you have deleted your um, profile, but they're still sending in a search warrant to get the compliance data, how long will they have to get that compliance data? Does that make sense to you?
2: Yeah, no, I believe they retain it for um, months. And the reason is obviously most of these are social media platforms. Their goal is you're coming back. They're okay. more like a drug dealer. They're going, hey, your addiction is going to come back. I know you're going to log back on. So they don't nuke it if I okay. suspend my account, it's still going to, mm-hmm. that data is still going to be there later. You just, okay. again, all about changing what you ask for.
0: Changing, yeah. That, that is a huge thing. And, and that's something we may even want to consider is doing one for law enforcement for mm-hmm. what do you ask for?
2: Yeah, because mm-hmm. it has changed. Yeah. I, I saw the difference for a law enforcement perspective when I saw a subpoena request. And then I saw what was produced when I did the same style of request with one of my multiple accounts from the same company. And I said, I get more data this way. And I said, mm-hmm. why aren't you requesting this level? I don't know why the companies are deciding to limit it. That's their personal choices. I'm not into yeah. that. My goal is simply to get as much as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And all of that can
1: go into the E3 platform.
2: Absolutely. And it can go in there for free too. I'm a giver.
1: <laughs> yes, awesome. Well, we'll definitely have that link to that in the show notes so we can share it. But let's talk about what other what other tools you use as an investigator. Everything from your computers to your browsers to whatever tools that you would like to share with
0: us.
2: So I think when people um in this is for anyone buying a computer. So this is me as a nerd. Do not buy a crappy computer, please. Um, make sure you have enough RAM in there. Invest. It's not one of those you go into Walmart and you're like, hey, let me pick up this $250 machine. It's cheap. That's fine if you're going to go hit the dark web with it and you know that's just going to be a scrub machine and I'm never going to use it again. Um, mm-hmm. I use virtual machines for that because they're free, mm-hmm. but um I bought uh, essentially a gaming laptop because I wanted it to last. And that's not even my only processing engine. Put as much as you can in there because you never know when you're going to hit a chip shortage and you're going to be like, I can't upgrade my machine for a couple of years. I got to make sure it lasts. So get a good machine, have a solid state drive for your primary operating system, because that's going to make all your tools work faster. But keep all your data on a secondary drive that is not solid state. That is also one of my nerd tidbits. And it's because I have burned through um, two solid state drives now, Uh, just Mm. processing through too much data. They're not designed to do that many writes. It's almost like you're playing the same track on a record. Not that anyone knows what a record is anymore, but you're essentially (laughs) wrecking the grooves. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's coming back too. So Mm -hmm. yeah, so we can go that it's coming back but you're ruining the grooves of that record by overplaying it and eventually it won't play anymore. And that's the same thing that's going to happen with your solid state drive. Uh So computer wise, I do that. I know this is going to be a lame one, but I use Excel all the time.
1: (laughs) No, you don't know that our first episode we were like,
2: was it all about Excel? (laughs) I love it. I think Excel is fantastic because it allows you to work with so much data. So um, I reframed this for, for someone I was working with a job um, just a couple of days ago. And I said, when you think of Excel, you need to realize all it is is a data viewing tool. It's not it's not spreadsheets. Don't think of spreadsheets. It's really just designed to render a lot of data in one place. Because they wondered why their other tools were failing. And I said, uh, they're not designed to do that. When you actually program up a tool, its viewer doesn't have a separate call to a different database for it. It is calling the main database of the tool. And that's why you can't render half a million messages or a million messages and see them all in one place. Mm-hmm. I said, Excel, that's all it was designed to do. It mm-hmm. is a rock star at that function. And I use it all the time for that.
1: It's my go-to. We
2: it's not. <laughs> I have it news. open right now. Google Sheets is not the same Excel.
1: thing. Mac Numbers is not the same thing. Excel is completely different.
2: Nope, none of the free versions. No, yeah, none of the free versions are as good as Excel. And I know I'm 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 pimping out a Microsoft product there. I have nothing against Microsoft, but it's fantastic. They did a rock star job. It's a yeah. five star for sure. Yeah. So. I use Excel all the time. Um, obviously, use my tools all the time. That makes sense. Um, I mm-hmm. use some open source digital forensic tools because in my space, we always cross-validate uh, ourselves. So I use Autopsy as one of mine that I cross validate with. It is free. So that's nice with people who are dabbling both ways. doesn't break your bank to try to build a proper lab. And then it depends what kind of investigation I'm doing. We do some really nerdy ones so that we'll um, find out if someone's hacking into an app or that they're leaving data in apps and things like that. So we'll go into some source resources for it, so we'll look at that. Um, I look at GitHub. We had a good one last year that it was called um, the grep.app is its URL and it allows me to kind of get on some of that nerdiest side to see because uh, you never know if you're going to get hired to find out if there's some intellectual property theft out there. That's a great way to check for it. Yep. Stuff like that. And again, we're, we're, our two spaces are best friends to each other. So we're talking about everything as we go back and forth. It's, it's no longer we're distant cousins. We're now best friends.
1: And the grip.app, that was the one that won the tool of the year at Osmosis yeah. on this uh, past fall.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was a great free tool that I don't think a lot of people knew about. And I'm like, this is one I really like. So,
0: okay, do me a favor, spell that for me.
2: Spell it for you. Mm-hmm. It's grep. So g r e p dot a p p. Okay, you're asking a a dyslexic person to spell out loud. I'm like, thanks. Yes. <laughs> right here, that's me. me. Yeah. <laughs> Huge resource there. Um, I love all of those and. I'm also really big on visuals Uh, when my clients want to see things, I make sure I have fantastic reports because that's going to show that I did a fantastic job Um, and they're happier to pay me for my fantastic work with that. And so um, I also use Snagit. It's my favorite screen capture tool. Yes. I know I can shoot a video for him. And that's what I'll
1: be using for this Mm -hmm. to edit the podcast. I'll just do the Mm -hmm. audio capabilities
2: there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Nope. And you should be familiar with those because you never know when you're going to have to produce something or, um, Camtasia I've used to actually recover data out of videos because it does have such great sound capabilities in it. Yeah. Now, have
0: you, uh, when you're talking about visual, we previously were talking about Visio. I like Visio
2: because yeah, I put, put my too.
0: information in there. So do you like that?
2: I do. Um, Some of my cases I'll use, I'll make mind maps. I don't know if anyone's ever used mind maps. It's how I organize large quantities of data for my brain. So I'm a big fan of that. And Mm -hmm. I also go old school. If you could see down on my desk, you would see a pile of sticky notes and I literally move them around in a little grid based on where I am just to make sure I'm not missing someone. I do probably look a little bit like that crazy person you see in the movies, but (laughs) it helps me keep I'm a visual person. I'm a visual learner. So yeah, that's me. A lot of yeah. people, when you give them reports, the visual helps them understand it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's a really complex thing or it goes a lot of jumps that they're like, Whoa, what happened? You lost me there. And so yeah. that's part of what I found to be really helpful.
1: How about browser setups? We were talking about that amongst ourselves. Like what browser do you use? Is there anything special
2: you do to it? Um, I uh, so I have a company policy on what browser we use. So I have that Um, when I'm doing other things, I try to also kind of verge off. So I'll pull up um, DuckDuckGo. I'll pull up uh, Dolphin. I'll pull up Opera. It depends what I'm looking at. I know some of them are weird, but I also like to see what type of different perspective they give me if I'm doing an investigation because they don't all work off of a Google algorithm. And I think that's an important aspect to keep in mind. (laughs) Because <laughs> you will get different data.
0: Okay. So what is your hard line within your business of what people can use?
2: They're only allowed to use Chrome. And okay. I, I, I can feel people flipping off the video right now. I get it. Um, however, when you're trying to manage a company and you're trying to manage the security policies of the company by forcing them into Chrome, I have the easiest audit capabilities of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So that is why I selected Chrome for an internal choice. There is a reason. I knew people were like, "Our Chrome." Yeah, yeah. I get it. (laughs) Well,
1: you know what? We we were talking about how we what we use as well, and I think that Cynthia and I were both like use like whatever, but we were talking mostly about Chrome and Firefox. And so Mm -hmm. I tend to like personally, I don't manage that many people, so I don't feel like I need to have that much auditability. So that might be the difference here. Whereas I'll use Firefox, I'll secure, like lock it down and then I'll have Chrome be a little loosey goosey.
2: Yeah. Cause it is a loosey goosey, but yeah. part of the <laughs> advantage is your audit capability of yeah. it. It does leave a lot of good information for me. So um, yeah. that's valuable. I had a, one of my employees at one time steal from me mm-hmm. and they stole intellectual property. And so I was like, Oh my goodness, I'm in a live investigation of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And um, ever since then, I've taken a step back because I don't think as investigators, we get investigated often. It feels very different when you're on the other side Mm -hmm. and you're like, holy crap, I can't like dispute what they're bringing in court. I have to wait for my lawyer to say something, whatever it may be. And um, we proved, you know, hey, you stole data. Here's how it was found, blah, blah, blah. But Mm -hmm. I changed all of my perspective on it going, that's It's actually a very painful situation to go through an investigation. Our court case lasted six years. Oh, my gosh. It was really painful. I think I I lost part of my soul in that process. We won, but -hmm. it was one of those that I was like, okay, why... Why would I not feel that better for my customer? And I realized, um, and I'm not sure in OSINT, you probably had the same thing. Almost 40% of my time with a customer is just counseling them through the process they're going through because it is painful (laughs) and you are a little bit of a listening ear and it's like, no, you're going to make it through. I know this is a very hard thing to to go through. I understand. Let's step back. Let's breathe. I'm surprised how often I've said that.
0: Yeah. And the time, they don't understand the time.
2: Yeah. uh, That goes into it. Because I've mm-hmm. watched too much TV. <laughs> well, it has to happen in an hour.
0: I mean, of I don't course. know where you're coming from. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My mom called me and she's like, why, why doesn't your stuff work as fast as it does on TV? And I was like, are you serious? She's like, yeah, that's CSI group. They were in and they were out. It was like 30 seconds, the whole show. And I'm like, okay. Let's talk about those shows. I can't watch them. I can't watch them for that aspect of it. There's been a couple that I'm like, Holy crap, that was legit. Same. I found legitimate book series. And I'm like, okay, I found that enjoyable. But most of the time that CSI effect is, is a little hard on working with different clients.
1: All right. I think we are at the section now, what we call our last call. And this Mm. is where we each share a link that we're really loving right now. And again, it could, Ideally, it's an investigative link, but it could be anything. So
2: Amber, we're going to give you what's your link. So this is going to be a weird one and it is not self-promoting, but I would really love to see OSINT take a different perspective on some of their data. So um, I write a free blog out there, but it it goes into apps. So it tells you exactly what you should be getting from an app from any type of perspective. And it's forensic-impact.com. It's really easy, but it gives you those artifacts. Because I think a lot of times when you start an investigation, no matter what side you're working on, you don't have a good expectation of the data. And that's really what your client needs too, is just, this is legitimately what you can get. You're not going to get all your pictures back out of Snapchat, people. It's just not going to happen. But let me give you an expectation of what you should get out of this data source, no matter what your technique is you use for it. And I think that's a really good place to start. It's the same, my other, I'm going to have two. I have that one, but my other one, and um, people can laugh at me, is go to your app stores. You're going to do something with smartphones. It's guaranteed. Everyone has one. I think Mm -hmm. my 95-year-old grandmother still has a smartphone. So everyone has one. When you're working on apps, you can actually look in the app store and get that reasonable expectation of what the data is because they have to input it when they program their app for the store. They have to say what data sources they're actually storing. And Mm -hmm. it's a free resource, and you just have to look, depending on what type of device, whether it's Apple or Android, just go to that appropriate app store, and it's going to tell you exactly what you should be looking for. And we always love free. Yeah, free is good. Mm
0: -hmm. Cynthia, what's your link of the week. So I have one called RealtyHop.com. And why this was helpful to me was it actually gives the names of the owners. And if you go to a lot of other sites, the owners, you could just never get their names. This one will provide it like if, and it's all public information. So you're not having to go down to the county records uh, or go online to the county records to try and get information. It's pretty basic. It'll give you either who bought or sold or transferred, uh, the date that it happened, the names of the parties that are involved. It will also give what the mortgage is, which sometimes that's what we want to know if we're doing assets. Uh, So it was accurate from what I could find. I ran a couple of tests on it as well. Uh, So at least at the point from what I've done, and again, it's a new one that I just uh, came across, but that's definitely one. So it's uh, RealtyHop, hop com.
2: Oh, I'm going to write that one down. That's good.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: So mine
1: is WMTips.com slash tools slash IP. Now this is the website's called Webmaster Tips and Tools, and it's in the tool section and it's the IP address lookup. And honestly, it's just looking up what your IP address is. But the reason I like this so much, I mean, there's a lot of tools that to look up that IP address
2: mm-hmm. is
1: beyond giving the who is, it actually goes through and tries to get People that you can um, contact about this. So, for example, if you have an IP address, you, you're not looking up your own. You're, if you find you have an IP address of someone, you can throw that IP address in there, and it's going to give you, again, people at the service provider level that you can actually call or contact by name in some cases, phone numbers, and email addresses. And I think it's I, it gives a That's lot more.
2: Fantastic. Yeah, very. Nice. Yeah, that is a hard part too. When you're just like, I get generic world. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Instead of just admin at whatever. Mm-hmm. Now you have people who work there okay. and, their Very cool.
1: and their email addresses. It's really nice. So we are finished. Thank you so much, Amber. Where can people find you online and how can they get hold of that E3 tool for
2: free? Um, so we are at paraben.com. Um, they can find me on Twitter. I'm Ginger Wonder Mom. Uh, I'm pro ginger, obviously. And obviously I'm on LinkedIn as well. Um, my email though, with any questions, is just amber at com. We keep it super simple. Awesome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you guys.
0: Thank you. And don't forget to rate us on your favorite podcast app. Also, please
1: share so that we can continue sharing this podcast with you.